early season strategy. We'll talk about how to know when to pick up someone in the early going, how much to bid on them, and who to drop. Plus, waiver wire, pitcher preview, your mailbag, injuries, and some Passover fun. Ian Kahn of The Athletic returns to the Beat the Shift podcast next. Welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always is Ruven Guy. How are you, Ruven? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. My voice is pretty much all back, so uh, thankfully uh, thankfully there. It's been two weeks into the season, having fun watching games. The Mets are, wow, the Mets are doing really fantastic. I was supposed to uh, go to the game on Monday, which was uh, rained out, so bummer there, but they won two yesterday. How you doing, Ruven? I'm doing well, and the Mets will hopefully continue to do well. And I hope, for reasons that I like the Mets, that Acuna doesn't come back sooner. But I still think they're gonna, you know, they're still gonna be battling the Braves and the Yankees right now. I think the Nationals are in second place in the NL East, which is kind of outrageous. Yeah, well, Mets have a terrific start. They've done this before, so uh, we just hope it continues. And listen, there's a lot of baseball to go. Anything can happen. Well, we've got a fantastic show today. We want to want we want to welcome on our show for the fourth time here, Ian Khan. Welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, so glad to be with you tonight, and looking forward to doing the show with you. Oh, same here. And by the way, wanted to wish you. Uh, well, when this airs, it will be the day. It, it is your 50th birthday. Happy birthday. That's an amazing <laughs> milestone. Thank you very much. I'm pretty excited to be uh, 50 coming tomorrow. Um, you know, I got to think a little bit now that I think about it, a little nervous, but kind of good, you know. I mean, life is positive, and I'm luckily married to an amazing person and wonderful woman and have healthy children, a uh, career that makes me happy. So I got a lot to be grateful for. And speak, speaking of which, speaking of which, my wife's birthday is tomorrow also. Look at that, Ruve. It's like we're married. Well, it's not. Not, not really. It's no. not. I know. I no. know. It's a little, it's a, that was a little far for you. But yeah. I will say this, that uh, at the end on the show that I do on uh, Wednesdays, which was this <laughs> this afternoon, I did it with, it's with Nando DeFino and Derek Van Riper called Under the Radar, part of the, fan, the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Um, at the end of the show... Nando was like, all right, we're time to wrap up. And I was like, whoa, we got five minutes. What do you mean? We still got time. We got some more things in the room. I want to talk about Paul Blackburn. And he's like, no, 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 DBR, here we go. And then all of a sudden, uh, I, I got this, like, it was so sweet. This um, this run of my friends uh, wishing me a happy birthday. It was, it was weird and fun and made me smile so much. Ending with Ariel Cohen, who took up more time than everyone combined because <laughs> he started out doing a Nando DeFino impression, which was good, a Michael Beller impression. He then went to himself, Ariel Cohen, wishing me a happy birthday, and then wished me happy birthday as General George Washington. So, um, it, you know, it all was in there, Ariel. You, you didn't leave anything out. So it was, it was so sweet. James Anderson sent his uh, love to it was, it was so many people, Dr. Thomas Scott um, and other people. And Robert Mershak, my, my partner. And then Clint Frazier. <laughs> Nando said that he actually got Clint Frazier to do it. I don't know if he's telling me the truth. But uh, so anyway, it was, it was very sweet. And thank you, Ariel Cohen, and, uh, for, for doing it. I appreciate it. It was fun. Oh, my pleasure. Glad you enjoyed it. And I did. Uh, really. it was a big smile. 
And, and of course, uh, uh, everyone uh, should already know about the Under the Radar podcast on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast stream. Please uh, do listen to that show. It's an Do you like it, Ariel? Show. You like it? You like it? You enjoy it? Do, do you miss excellent an episode show. or do you like to catch it? Do you catch it? I, I hear every single episode. Uh, you guys are a fantastic group. It's a lot of fun. Good information about some little-known people uh, sometimes, which is why it's called Under the Radar. Uh, so really great, great information and great fun. So everyone should listen. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, give it a listen. We're, we're, we're out there. Our most recent episode is today. We talked a lot about Mookie Betts, uh, Jameson Tyone, um, and as always, Jorge Mateo. Yeah, so uh, we might be mentioning some of those guys later today. Um, but we're going to talk about, for our strategy section, we're going to talk about early season strategy. And I want to set the stage here for our discussion. And, you know, the question is always, well, you know, some players get really hot really quickly. Maybe guys you know, maybe guys you haven't heard of. And the question is, should you take a stab at those players? Well, you know, if you had unlimited roster space and unlimited fantasy capital, of course you would take a stab at everybody, but you can't. You only have room for so many players on your roster. You also have a certain amount of fab or transactions for the year, so you have to really see who it is. Plus, you don't want to drop players who could be good later, so there's always, always questions. There's questions about how legit is that heart start from a, a player, the question is, maybe should you not give up on a player drafted? The question is, um, hey, maybe even trading, uh, should we even consider the fact that that is just an aberration? How much does a hot start have to do with what we've originally projected? Remember, we, we just drafted two, three weeks ago. Are we going to give up our numbers and give up what we thought about players after just two, three weeks? So these are some of the questions I do want to take a shot at today. And let's set it up um, and talk first about uh, hot starts. So, Ian, how do you know when you see players with these early hot starts, how do you know what players interest you, What, who, which players you want to be interested in and why? Hmm. Well, what I'm realizing is that I have a I have a tendency actually now, which I guess I'm going to say now because people can, will have to remember for like eleven months and two weeks before the next draft. But on my NL only team that is uh, going right now, I got some really good so far early some really good young uh, cheap talent, right? So I got Jerks and Profar for three bucks. And Gavin Lux for seven bucks. Now, again, this is an only league, so it's a different. If you're listening to Beat the Shift, you know about only leagues. And um, Profar and Lux, they both have they have something in common, which is they were top prospects, and that's really what I kind of I find myself drafting, uh, and and then picking up or believing in. Right. So you look at Profar, and we talked about Profar on Under the Radar last week. Um, apparently, and I haven't listened to your show from last week. I typically listen to Be The Shift, enjoy it thoroughly. Um, and apparently you were guys were also talking about Profar last week. But I look for a guy who has the pedigree who now seems to be putting it together, right? Um, also at the top, at the early in the season, I do a lot of pickups of pitchers. So I, I'm in this league called the Devil's Rejects where you can pick up players straight away. And in that league, I have picked up already... You get four pickups a week, though some people seem to be taking advantage of that, but we won't talk about that. Um, and we, my partner Wilson Caraman and I, have picked up in the first week Paul Blackburn, Hansel Robles, Bruce Zimmerman, who I think should be discussed, um, and 
uh, and Jake Diekman. So we were picking up anybody who was showing signs. So it's it's top prospects who were sort of under the radar now because and Oscar Mercado we also picked up in the first two weeks. Guys who are showing signs who I think or we think could bring uh, real value. I mean, I think that's what I'm looking for. And especially at the beginning of the season, pitchers who are looking really good. Guys like Blackburn and guys like Zimmerman. Okay, so it's the pedigree from the past that gets confirmed now, which really highlights an automatic pickup uh, or automatic attention too. And I don't, know, course- I don't know. It's an automatic pickup, but but the, that's where my tendency goes. And pitchers okay. at the beginning of the season, you know, if Nestor Cortez happens to be on your on, on your waiver wire still, you need to play in a deeper league. But if he's on your waiver wire at this point, he's somebody you grab because he's showing abilities at the beginning of the season that are real is really really amazingly impressive. Right. Ruvain? Well, I just want to add just a little bit because I agree with everything you just said, Ian, and, and I was basically going to say the exact same thing. You're looking for pedigree. You're looking for minor league pedigree. You're looking for major league pedigree and to see if they can replicate. You also have to look for what they've done in the minors before. Like if you look at Stephen Kwan, he was a huge pickup in the first couple of weeks, and he's still tearing it up, And but he's getting base hits. He's not throwing much power. He's, he's going to score a lot of runs and everything like that. But a player like him, he always hit for average in the minors. So you see that, you know what? This is something that he can continue. Will he get you home a bunch of home runs? Will he get a bunch of stolen bases? Probably not. But you know what you're going to get when you make this pickup. So whenever you're trying to find a minor leaguer with pedigree, meaning a non-top minor league player, you have to look, see what they've done in the, in the minors in the past, whether they're only known for their power, whether they're only known for their stolen bases and stuff like that. And that's the best way to look at it. Also, see if they can continue it, meaning, okay, they're hot for the first two, three weeks. What does their schedule look like for the next couple of weeks? Are they going to Colorado? Are they going to go into Cincinnati in the middle of the summer, you know, toward the beginning of June when it starts to get warm again and the pitching staff is not that great? So you're going to have all these areas where, yes, they have it, but you want, if you're going to get them, you're, you're going to paying for what they did so far in the first two weeks. You want to make sure that they can continue it and, and they can sustain it. So um, I'll add a couple things that I'm looking for. And uh, just to, to be clear, I'm looking for people that I'm going to uh, roster for longer. I'm not looking for just the one, two weeks with the schedule here. Um, I'm looking for, number one, playing time changes from differences from what I expected a few weeks ago. Um, Stephen Kwan, who I don't really love in particular, his at-bats are going to be up. Whereas we only projected him for, let's say, 300 at-bats before the season started. Well, if you see what he's doing, that up gets up by 100, 150 at-bats. So because of that change from expectation and playing time, that's huge. Connor Joe is another guy who is playing every day, batting the middle of the lineup. Have a batting order. Batting order matters. Take a guy like Luis Arias, who's not the most fantastic guy in fantasy, but he's not batting ninth. He's batting second. He actually batted third and fourth a couple times this year as well. Um, if you're batting in the top middle of the lineup, you're going to get more counting stats, you're going to get more runs and RBIs. A change from where they were previously batting, that really interests me because that's going to be a huge increase. How about skills change? Um, If you see hitters and they have a much different strikeout or walk rate from the past, those are two quantities that uh, stabilize very, very early on. I'm very interested in that. Look, uh, Seiya Suzuki, all right? I was not on Seiya Suzuki. Uh, I probably should have been before the season started because he was a variable but look at his walk rate. He has the highest walk rate in all of baseball right now. That guy is legit. Uh, in terms of power, it's a little bit too early to look at some barrel rates, but look at some average exit velocity. 
see what the guy is doing and has been doing differently. Look at stolen base opportunities. Is the guy trying to run? Uh, that's a good clue. Pitchers, strikeouts, walks, that, velocity changes. Look at Tyler McGill. He's up almost two ticks. That is huge. Look at pitch mix changes and effectiveness of that. Alex Cobb, unfortunately, just went on the IL, uh, but uh, here's a guy who changed his stuff, and it's the effective part of it that's changed for the good. Bullpens, I look for usage, usage changes. I wasn't expecting David Robertson to be in the role. He clearly is. Deekman's getting more shots. It's a good mention. He's a guy to look at. So those are a couple things that I look for early in the season. I like Deekman a little bit. I like Deekman. I trust Deekman more than I trust Robles, but I found myself rostering both just to see how it plays out. And then Whitlock showed up last night. Who yeah, I have, yeah. Thankfully, in AL Labor and GDD, I believe I have him in. Yeah, GDD. Um, boy, is that a good player. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We, we spent You and I spent a lot of time talking off air about uh, Garrett Whitlock, and I, I, oh, boy, is he good. He's good. Ooh, love oh, he's him. fantastic, yeah. What do you do with a player like Daniel Vogelbach, who who has started hot in the past, and he started hot again? He's going to get the playing time. Do you go after a guy like that? How much do you spend on him? What do you do with a player like that who has started hot in the past and passed and fizzled out? Ride, 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 ride till he fizzles, right? I mean, you ride. Daniel Vogelbach is getting time. It's historical. He's the leadoff hitter. Um, and But look... Vogelbach has been a guy that Brett Sayre, baseball prospectus, has loved forever. And I look at a guy now who's 29 years old. He's not a kid anymore. He's been around. He's hitting 324 with a 924 OPS. He is basically playing every day, either at DH or first base, especially in an OBP league. I like that play. Um, let it ride till till he falls. I mean, if you're choosing between he and Darren Ruff and Garrett Cooper, like that's that sort of mix that you're looking at. Um, depends on what you want. Depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, he's definitely increased in value since since we, three weeks ago because of his sure. role. And and in an NL only, he's a godsend, right? I mean, what you're looking for in the only leagues is just playing time. Really, I mean, you're looking for talent. You're looking for gifts. You're looking for guys who are going to do good stuff. But you want guys who are going to get you your counting stats. Uh, as Ariel always says, you got to get the runs. It's all about the runs. That's how yep. I felt when I left Costa Rica. Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't nice. Runs? But I'm, but I'm runs Dead are and the... ching ching. But go ahead, runs. Go ahead. Tell them, tell them about the runs, Ariel. Runs are of the 10 fantasy standard categories are the ones most correlated to winning. So in general, if you could only pick one category that you could look at and say, all right, show me this category and I'll do my best guess to tell you who's winning this league, it's runs. Runs are the most correlated. So, And it's, because, it's actually because of at-bats. Whoever accumulates more at-bats, that's who's going to be leading your fantasy league. It's pretty much as simple as that. It's not as simple. Wait a minute. It's not as simple as that, but it's a very good indicator of that. Yes. I try to uh, make it extremely simple uh, in my verbiage there, but yeah, of very course good. it's okay. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that right, is but, a but quick just, way. Yeah. Good, good, good way to look. And, and I'm, I'm, I buy into that idea. I really do. Yeah. It's like I say for pitchers, uh, the simple way is look at K minus BB. Of course it's more complicated than that, but if you could pick one quick thing to look at, that's the quick thing to do. Um, on the reverse side of hot, there's always the players with cold starts. And the question is, how do you know, even in the first two, three weeks, three weeks of the season, yeah. how to give up on players with early cold starts? And to make a distinction, we should really talk between mid-value players, 
you're not going to give up on top players, obviously, but mid-value players and low-value players. How quickly are you giving up? When are you starting to sit them? When are you trying to drop them? How does that work for you, Ian? It depends. Give me a player, and I'll give you my. I'll tell you because it's a, it's different at every level. I mean, just at the very top, like Joey Votto. Um, you know, ha- are you starting to sit him if you're in a uh, uh, a shallow ten-team league? I have shallow ten-team league. If you've got a better alternative, you can. I'm not following Votto as closely this year because I traded him right before the season. Um, how's he doing? Struggling, I'm gathering. Struggling, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he'll. But he's the kind of guy you don't want to drop. Like this week, Robert Mershak and I were talking about Charlie Blackman because we we wanted to figure out a way. I forget what it was. I think we wanted to th- maybe get Mateo into the lineup in one of our dynasty leagues, and but the only way to do it was to drop Blackman, and 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 it really came down to this. Like because you can't sit him. We had to open up a spot. Do you drop Charlie Blackman because he's really been a, had a slow start? Or do you keep Mateo down in the minor leagues because he's under 350 at-bats? Let's keep Charlie Blackman for another week. What about Joey so, Gallo? Joey Gallo is on the bench, baby. Joey Gallo in right. that same league has been on the bench really after he looks just so lost. My son said to me, we're watching like game two of the season, and Gallo struck out again. And my son looks at me and says, Dad, are we supposed to think he's good? Because he's really not very good. And I said, no, son. At this point, we're not supposed to think he's any good. Though... Yep. And under the radar, we were talking. We didn't get to it today because we were they were celebrating my birthday, which is very kind. Um, but that is Joey Gallo now an upside dynasty play because next year, if the shift goes away, I still argue no. But it's an interesting question. But Joey Gallo is a sit for me, not a drop, but a sit. He strikes out way too much, though. So I mean, it's a matter of contact for him. You know, for players who are not getting their contact, not not getting through the levels where they should be. It's not, it's, you know, Jeff Passan actually wrote an article today uh, that came out today that the home runs are down. If home runs are down, what value is Joey Gallo? Probably he's is not. It, isn't it higher? Yeah. No. And actually, no, higher. but wait, you're missing something, I, I believe. I, I should say, from my perspective, I think you're missing something, which is when you're, from my experience of hitting and what I think is happening in Baltimore, when you change, when you're hitting into a shift, it changes your whole psychology of hitting. Because you feel like, I got to hit it perfectly to get it through. If the change comes, Gallo will improve. All hitters will improve. Because all of a sudden, there's a lot of space. And right now, it's like, I don't know where to hit it. Like I, So it makes you try to hit the ball out of the park all the time. And I think that's contributing partially. It's a head game. It's a mental game, baseball. And from, from my perspective, Gallo will be better once the shift, if the shift does indeed move away. Um, and then there was another interesting point. Oh, yeah. In Baltimore, in Baltimore now, I think we, Ariel, we discussed this. And you said that Ryan Mountcastle is only going to lose four home runs. I, I am firmly in the downside disagreeing on that now. Because they didn't just move the, the fences back 30 feet. They also raised the fences four feet. So Jorge Mateo hit a ball 410 feet to left center field against Jameson Tyone. And it was an out. Last year, that was a home run. All of a sudden, you start thinking, oh, my God, to get it out of here, especially with the with the new ball, I'm going to have to hit it 500 feet. It's going to screw with these guys. I think Baltimore pitchers, the the you need to raise up Baltimore pitchers now, which is why I want to talk about Bruce Zimmerman later. you got to raise up Baltimore pitchers. If you gave them 1 to 10, you think they're 4s, they're 6s now for me. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, four was an estimate, could be five, but uh, yes, the, the, the dimensions are different. And by the way, I, I keep I kept saying uh, that John Means was really a good pickup, uh, but of course, John Means is hurt. Uh, we I had a lot of John Means shares that didn't oh, really help. Good. Me. Oh, that's no, not good. Ruvain, do you no. have John Means shares? Unfortunately, we share a lot of the teams, so yes, oh, a lot of John yeah. Means. Uh, um, because he was just so valued so well in drafts that we just had to go after him. Yeah, I didn't take yeah. Means this year. I just I, I just didn't trust his health because of last year, and I rode him last year in Ale Labor um, the first half of the season. He was phenomenal, and then when he came back, he just looked like a different pitcher. So even though the price was down, I just didn't trust it. I just didn't trust it. I was like, I don't like hurt pitchers. Her pitchers scare me. The Zach Wheelers. Do you guys? Did you guys roster Zach Wheeler? Because I avoided a him. A lot. Did you? And yep. d- a lot. And we also have a lot of shares of Jacob Degrom. I Carlos argue Rodon. that. Well, Carlos Rodon. No, or I guess Rodon. But Rodon was healthy coming in spring. I'm talking about the I guys mean, all who these guys. Weren't... Degrom was quote healthy coming. Yeah, in but spring. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. You know that That's when you true. take an injury risk, remember you're going to hit on some. You're not going to hit on some. <clears throat> the question is, do you get enough of a value discount that in the long run you're going to make a profit on if you roster a bunch of these pitchers? Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I I hear I hear what you're saying, and and means yeah. was a perfectly fair. I just you know it's a personal feeling. This game is it's about the numbers, it's about the numbers, but it's also about feelings about players. Yeah. Quick like, thought, I believe in that guy. Quick thought and the quick uh, uh uh what's the word for it? Uh the quick uh, memo for what to do if you're thinking about dropping a player is if you're going to drop a player and he's going to be immediately grabbed by somebody else, you might want to think twice about dropping him. If you're going to drop a player that no one's really going to pick up, it's probably okay. Like take Michael Conforto. Um, even if you're in a deep league, even if you're in an NL-only league, I don't know. I think if you drop Michael Conforto, is anybody going to grab him this week? I don't think so. I would. You would? I, th- I think I would. I think I would. I think I would I would take the loss of the week. Like in Tout Wars, you, you, t- you have to, if you pick somebody up, you got to play him for a week. But the upside of when he, because then you can put him on your bench after that. You can't don't, IL a, him. Because no, you can't IL him, but, but uh, you know, uh, in only leagues. If you're leagues, in an FBC league and you've only got seven bench uh, spots all purpose. That's different. That's different. That's different. It, it depends different. on your bench, obviously, but, you know, there's 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 reasons for uh, dropping him. So, But the question is, again, it, it, it's, it's the question to ask. If you think that somebody else in your league is going to pick him up, you probably should not drop him. If you think that somebody is going to not pick him up, no, nobody's interested, it's probably okay to drop. That's the general but after, that I have. after a draft, you have to think to yourself, you know what? The last three picks that I made, those $1 picks or those wave or those um, snake draft picks at the very end, those guys are going to get dropped anyway. So you should have no problem dropping those guys. It's the guys that are in the middle tier that you're hoping for something, but you're not sure about. But if, if you're on the fence about dropping, let's say, um, let's say you have a seven player bench and you have O'Neill Cruz on your bench and you're waiting for him to be called up. When will he be called up? Is, a guy, is he a guy you should drop at this point? point Blake Trinan he's not the closer right now is he droppable at this point yes, those are yes. two questions that you well, just Cruz is to... not droppable do not drop O'Neal well Cruz. super two he'll come up uh, I think soon yeah uh, he'll I think come he he'll, at least wait the month he'll come up um the, you know the one thing I would add about this is baseball and fantasy baseball can be a very emotional game yeah try not to act with emotion I'm sick of this guy cut don't do that like when you feel yourself like cutting someone without the extra moment of thought Stop yourself. Breathe. Count to 10. 
then breathe again, then count to 12, then breathe again, then count to 60. And then once you're done there, if you still think you want to cut them, you can cut them. But otherwise, like, don't make emotional choices. It's not necessary. Like, take yep. your time. Take your time. Be at ease as much That's as you can. That's always true for anything in life. Yes, um, indeed, indeed, indeed. So l- talk about fab because, you know, you have the first two weeks of the season. The question always comes up that people ask me is, how much fab should I spend? Um, Ian, what do you do in the first two weeks in general with fab? Like, uh, uh, you know, take Hansel Robles. Like, what kind of bid does does it warrant for a closer? How about a Stephen Kwan, a hot starter? What kind of does that warrant? What should you be bidding on guys with who are going playing at Colorado? Like, the Cubs were just in Colorado. Maybe you pick up a Cub to pick. What, what's your take on what to do in the very first week? Remember, the f- when you make a pickup in the first week of the season, it could be a player that you have for the whole year, which is a lot more weeks and more playing time than if you pick up somebody with four weeks to go. That only guy only gets at most four weeks. So theoretically, you should be paying more. But, of course, you do want to save your money for the right spots. So how, how do you work it? I kind of – it's very league dependent. So in AL labor, we had a really weird setup, right, which you know, you know about this, Ariel, but other people don't, which – all of the players that weren't signed yet were not available in the auction. And then if they signed in the American League, we were going to do a fab run right before the season with like nine great players. So great players like Anthony Rizzo was there. Jesse Winker was there. Um, God, there was just Freeman. Great, uh, no, Freeman was in the NL. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, Tau- and I'm an NL tout and they did it very differently that if there was anybody who was a free agent, you could get them, which I Story. liked. Story was, was there. Um, so, so there were like nine, uh, Eugenio Suarez was there. There were about eight or nine players. And I decided that I would rather, instead of like Larry Schechter spent $87 on Trevor story. Now, if this were a league where it's $0 bids were fine, that'd be okay. But this is a league where you have to have a dollar to pick somebody up. You can't just pick up people for $0. And I decided that I'd rather treat it like an auction. Let everybody spend all their fab at the top of the season. And then if they did, and then slowly I would hold back. So I ended up picking up Jed Lowry for $6 as compared to Trevor Story for $87. And Jed Lowry has produced more than so far than Trevor Story because he's giving me the at-bats. Now he's on the COVID-19 list right now. Not so good. I also spent $4 on Yu Chang, which was not such a good pickup but it left me with $90 at the end of the first week as opposed to many other people who had anywhere from $13 with Larry to a lot of people had like 30 you know people were spending somebody uh Todd Zola spent 66 on Sonny Gray you know and which at the time was a really smart good play to do you get yourself a a really great starter Eugenio Suarez I put in a bid for Suarez because I like the shortstop third base eligibility right especially in only league but I only went up to like $35 and Colton the Wolfman got him for 42 so that's fair and I thought that was a really good price to get for a guy who's going to get you every day at bats so it really does depend then there are other leagues where I spent out of the gate where I went and got CJ Abrams and GDD for five bucks because I was like you know what at some point either I'm going to need these steals because he's up and he was unexpectedly up. Either I'm going to need these steals or more importantly, I can trade these steals to someone who in three weeks is looking for somebody who's going to bring speed to the table and they don't mind that he's only playing five to four to five days a week instead of six. So it really is league dependent, 
but I try to, it's also boring, but zig when there's agon, you know, if, if everyone else is going to spend, 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 I'd rather get the deals later, just like I would in an auction. Or, or uh, Ravain, what do you think? It's completely league dependent with this. Um, if you if you look at, I'm in two major NFBC leagues. I'm in the TGFBI, and I'm also in one NFBC league. In the NFBC league, two teams have already spent a third, almost one is a third, one is almost a third of their entire fab budget already. That's incomprehensible. There's nobody on the waiver wire at this point in the season who is worth that much money. Even if it was a couple of players, it it's, it's just doesn't make any sense. If you go to look at the TGFBI league, they're a little more, more calmer and, and, and people are more hesitant to spend their money. First first two weeks of the season, I don't think I had to bid more than 35 or $40 for a player. I didn't get anybody the first week, but I got some people the second week. I picked up Jerks and Profar for a cheap amount. So it's it's completely league dependent. It's also dependent on how many teams are in the league. Um, if it's a 10-team league, I'll probably spend more because the, play, the yes. player's probably at a better level. So you You'll probably get more out of them for the long run and you can't spend so much money i think on closers right now because it's still april it's not even may yet most closers lose their job beginning of may middle of may so you're going to get a whole bunch of new, new closers on the market in, let's say in like three four weeks so why would i spend so much money on the quote-unquote julian merriweather of this year that was the idea with al labor is i'm going to have the money so that when those closers pop up in may Instead of having to spend $24 out of 100, I'll get them for five or six. And then I can trade one of my other closers to get something that I need. You know what I mean? So again, if it's a smaller league, 10 team league, 12, there's a 12 team league I'm in, I was spending a little bit more uh, vor- vor- voraciously at the top because there were players who were available. In NL Tout, I picked up uh, Daniel Bard right before the season for $44 out of a thousand that's been pretty darn good and so you know it really like you said league dependent sorry i jumped in there ariel you're up yeah i think it's more situation dependent depending upon <laughs> your injuries on your team and how badly your team looks after the first two weeks uh but in any in any case um you know the first thing that i do is i say okay you have to have uh, a budget for in-season pickups. So, you know, if there's 25 pickups for the year or so, and you want to have at least 2 $3 or whatever it is, you know, allot yourself some kind of budget for every single week, right? I mean, w- with the $87 for Larry Schechter, he's only giving 13 transactions for the rest of the year. Maybe that's yeah. not enough of a budget for the rest of the year. It's I think not. you have to first say, I need a budget for uh, changes because there's going to be injuries pop up. There's going to be players who are just terrible. There's going to be guys you want to pick up. You need a budget for weekly picks. You also need a closer budget these days. Um, And closers are going to change 17 times uh, before Sunday. Um, So even if you think you have a great closer situation with your team, things can turn really quickly in the middle of the season. You need to have some kind of budget. could be 20-30% for some formats. Uh, And after you do that, the rest of your money, I generally try to, say, make it about two-thirds, one-third, first half, second half. You want to obviously spend more in the first half, but two-thirds, one half, and then you use that willingly as needed. In one league, uh, I have a lot of people who are in injured, especially pitchers. That's the uh, our NFBC league. We had to spend. I think we spent 15% of our budget in the first two weeks. Uh, for some teams that I'm pretty stable, I spent 5% of my budget, and we'll just save that. Uh, but you know, figure about two-thirds of the rest of your allocation for that that's what I would generally suggest you should do in terms of early fab picking up. There's another thing I want to add about fab. 
in your league, it really depends. Do you allow, are you allowed to trade for fab dollars? If you're allowed to trade for fab dollars, I would recommend doing that because then you can spend more, I can use this word again, voraciously at the top, because then all of a sudden you find somebody who needs a corner infield and you can, and they have tons of fab. Then you sort in a pitcher, let's call it a pitcher. And then you could sell them a pitcher that if it was on the fab wire, they would pay $200 for, but they'll give you $350 for, and then you can yep. use that 350 to go back. So in tout wars, similar thing happened. Somebody spent $981 on Sean Manaya. I'm going to go to him in about a week and I'm going to offer him $75 of fab for a player so that he has more flexibility over the course of the season. So always right. be looking for, I'm always looking for how to make a trade. How do you make two teams? How do you make both teams better? And, then, and speaking yeah. about trading, it's time for this week's injury guru trivia of the week. So we're going to get into the topic now about trading. So I want to get your both of your opinions if you would trade these players. I'm not going to say the player's name. You're going to try to guess who the players are. Oh, They're God. both in the top 50 ADP, and one is a hitter, one is a pitcher. I'm going to do the pitcher first because I think it's a little more obvious. This pitcher has pitched 11.1 innings with a K per nine of 9.5, a walk per nine of 5.5, his home run rate is 23% already in the short season and a BABIP of 222. Who's that player and would Wait. you trade him? Wait, say, say, say it again for me, please. 11, 11 in the third innings, a K point, a K of not K nine of nine and a half. So they got like 12 strikeouts. Yes. A walk of nine of five and a half. That means they've got, well, that's a lot of walks, isn't that, it? That's a lot they, of walks. They've a got a home run rate of 23%. And a BABIP against him of two point of 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 two twenty two. I know who that is. Uh, I'm sure you do know who that is because I have him on one of my teams, so I'm sure you know who it is. Is it Freddie Peralta? No, it's not. I think it's the. uh, I think it's Garrett Cole. Actually, I think you are right. (laughs) Garrett Cole. Would you trade someone like that? He has an ERA right now. I didn't say his ERA. ERA of six point three five. A WHIP of one point four one. Now, what about the hitter? The hitter right now in fifty one at bats. 178 average. Mookie Betts. Okay, you got it already. <laughs> it's Mookie Betts. I was going to say zero home runs. I know you mentioned it's it before. Mookie I, tried to, I tried to sneak it by there. Zero home runs, one stolen base, now eight runs, three RBIs, and he's yeah, 29 Betts. years old. So, yes, oh, it I'm is well Mookie aware. Betts. I'm well aware. Just based on those top lines Top 50 alone, ADP, top 15 ADP. For both. Well, I know, but I wanted to be a little slimy. <laughs> so you got one and I got one. All right. Um, so are, are those players, do you trade those players at this point? Do you put them in trade offers? And what do you expect back for those types of players? I, I do for uh, I mean, I don't like selling low like that. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have Cole. I'm you know Ariel on the ATC projections. Cole was the number one pitcher, period. Yep. And I did not like that. I don't like Gar Cole. I just don't like the way I, I talked about this on the show today. I did actually a rant on the show today about the uh, lack of resilience of the of the pitcher. That four minutes late on opening day, and he's uh, you know throwing tantrums in the in the dugout, and then last night thirty minute inning, and poor he's, Billy Crystal, yeah, right. Billy Crystal <laughs> is a New York legend, um, and, and Garrett Cole just strikes me as someone who is looking for an excuse as to why things aren't going to go well. I'm not going to go into it again. 
Um, so that's why I didn't, I, I actually ended up getting him in AL labor because the price was so significantly lower than what I had and then traded him as soon as the auction was over, literally traded uh, Garrett Cole and Luke Voigt for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Jordan Montgomery with Jason Collette because I had too much pitching, he had too much hitting, balanced us out, all good, very positive. Um, I don't want to trade either of these guys unless you give me somebody for bets, like make me an offer for bets. We did this on our show today. And there was a player that I was considering for bets. Um, first, I was offered Pete Alonzo. I passed. Next, I was offered Starling Marte. And I went, hmm, I might have to take that. So I, I, I want value. If I'm not getting, I'm not going to get first round value for Mookie Betts, but give me second round value for Mookie Betts, I would consider it. Cole, I just don't think you can trade right now. The question is always, you know, what cent on the dollar return would you take to move a guy? Yes. I mean, Mookie bets to me, I would have to get 95% on the 95 cents on the dollar. Um, Cole, I actually would take an I would take a 20% haircut. I would take 80 cents on the dollar. Would uh, you? Because, yeah. I, I mean, mm. I, he's the kind of guy that if I rostered, and I do not have any shares of Jared, Garrett Cole, if I had him, I would say I would want a two-for-one trade. I would want him plus uh, a hitter to trade for a top hitter and a lesser pitcher. Like go down from a, a you know a, a number one pitcher to a number two pitcher, but I'll give him a number two hitter to a number one hitter. Uh, that's the kind of trade I'd be well, looking similar, for. Similar, similar to what I did before the season yes. with with Vlad. Yes, that's correct. That's exactly what you'd want to do. And you know the guy is just going to think, all right, maybe it's just an imbalance of my categories. But I would want to do that. I, the same thing with I, we said last week in the show, Shohei Otani, the pitcher. I would definitely want to look to move Shohei Tani the pitcher. Uh, I think he's just so risky right now to roster. Remember, his injury risk is compounded because he also hits and he pitches. He's more exposed to injury than anybody else. That's nobody's really thinking about that or, or factoring that into their numbers. He he, the pitcher value of him is lower. I I would look to move that in a two for one type trade also. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, how many leagues is he a separate player? Yahoo. Is he? Yahoo. Yeah. Yahoo. He? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't play Yahoo. And, so. and I don't think it's, I think it's too early to trade any player who was drafted in the first two rounds because most of them have a pedigree. Most of them have a chance of turning it around. But the question is, let's say you get to rounds three, four, five, six. Do you quote unquote trade high or sell high on a Cody Bellinger who's actually showing some no. signs of life? No. You or don't do you do, hold him? You no, hold. you hold him because you probably got a good discount on yes, it. Yes, you hold on Bellinger. You yeah. don't trade Bellinger because if he's actually figured it out, he can return you second round value. And yeah. what are you going to get? I mean, it, I mean, if someone's going to give you Starling Marte for him or Manny Machado for him, then take it. There's a guy who I avoided like the plague this offseason. Well, I avoided all these top pitchers. Burns, Cole, Scherzer, Bueller, Woodruff, DeGrum. I call him DeGrum only because of you guys listening to your show. Because <laughs> you don't say it right. It's DeGrom. Everyone else everyone else calls him DeGrom. But you guys call him DeGrum for some reason. And there was a period when I was in Costa Rica, I was literally listening to every show that you guys did between like for like, I don't know, I, I listened to a lot. And uh, DeGrum, DeGrum, and it got stuck in my head. But Wheeler, <laughs> Bieber, Nola, none of them. Giolito, uh, Urias, Sale, Alcantara, none of them. None of them. Um, and Aaron Nola, to me, can someone explain to me why Aaron Nola's good? Because I own him in two dynasty leagues. And how do you trade him? He's a end-of-the-second-round pitcher. But I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I, I, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. You're not going to be able to trade for him uh, right now. Or uh, I mean, if, I if you, you have Nola... 
Um, I think you can trade I'm sorry. for him. Yes, you, I, I meant the other way. If you have him, you're not going to be able to trade for him because and you've, you've invested a second, third round pick in him. Uh, you, you, you had to have to take a pay cut on, on that. The You'd one have to take you a big not. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where if, are you going to replace him, the strikeouts? Have him. And, where, where do you replace the strikeouts from, though? That that's why you have him on your roster because he's going to strike out a bunch of guys. He's like the Robbie Ray of old that used to get a lot of strikeouts, but you weren't sure whether or not his ERA whip was going to be healthy enough for your roster. You got him in the twelfth round, Robbie Ray of old. You got him in the twentieth round. You didn't pay a second round pick. Like I, I just I, I I'm baffled. That's why the first pitchers I was taking were the, the, the in the Montas area, the Manaya area. The Darvish area, the All right, but, but Nola right the Nola's going to stabilize. He currently has a thirty six percent homer to fly ball rate that is over twice, over, way over twice his career average. Um, I mean, his walk okay. rate is stable. His strikeout rate is pretty consistent with what his career is. Uh, his left on base percentage is pretty consistent. Like the there's nothing that says that he 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 should be stabilizing. Uh, his Sierra, his right Sierra is a, a an ERA estimator two eighty. So if luck neutral, he should be pitching with a 2.80 ERA. Uh, he's just getting unlucky, and his WHIP is 1.16. So you are getting the strikeouts, you are getting the WHIP right now. Anyways, okay. you're just running into bad luck. Um, to me, it's a buying opportunity on Nola, uh, for sure. Okay, you know. So let it be written. So let it be done. I I just don't. I ain't writing it down, and I ain't buying them. But I I just don't understand. I like with with Shane Bieber too, and he had a great start today. I just don't trust it. I don't trust these pitchers. I'd rather invest in the bats. But and, still, and, and, I think I think for all these players, you st- should still just ask around your league, kick the tires, as they say, and see what people are willing to offer for these guys, because you never know what crazy offer you may get. Yeah, there's no reason not to trade, and you know there's always going to be an imbalance that you might have, and as early as now, or there could be a value imbalance, especially if you're in. in uh, Fred Zinke says this: if if you've done a snake draft, you know you you had to take a player at a certain spot, but you might value a guy higher, and a guy might value a guy lower or higher. There there could be value opportunities to trade right now. Uh, there's absolutely, absolutely no reason to wait. Fred Zinke, that that guy's good. Yes, he is. Oh, he is. he's good. I enjoy I enjoy him very much. He's excellent. All right. Uh, let's do a little bit of waiver wire here. Uh, it's where we talk about a few potential waiver wire pickups for this week. We mentioned Jerks and Profar last week. Just hit his fourth homer today. Got 11 RBIs, 83% contact rate. So, obviously, that turned out well. Who are a couple people, in that you're interested in picking up this week? I'm looking at 12-team leagues. Because I mean, I could give answers for 12 teams. I can give answers for 15 teams and for only leagues. But I'm going to start with uh, 12 team leagues. The guys who are available in one catcher 12 team leagues that are really good. Amazon and call. call from home. Alexa and call. Sorry about that, guys. Um, Sean Murphy is available in this 12 team league that I'm in one catcher league. He's hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball. And another guy in a 15 team league that could possibly be available is Jonah Heim. I'm just really big on Jonah Heim. I remember, um, hearing a couple of years ago, uh, Melissa, I forget her last name. I'm so sorry. Uh, we were talking on the phone and she, she works for the athletic and she covers the Oakland, the Oakland A's. And she told me that Sean Murphy's the big guy, but she thinks Jonah Heim is equally as good. And that's where it kind of put me on the radar for him. And I think he's coming into himself. I think it's really exciting. Uh, another couple of guys, Hunter Dozier in 12 team leagues seems to be available. Tyler Wade. If you need steals, 
He's going to play and he's going to run. And then finally, Aaron Hicks. You know, Hicks and, and oh gosh, Rowdy Telez is also here. Rowdy Telez is somebody you could consider too, even though he's uh, platooning a little bit. He's just mashing. Um, but uh, Aaron Hicks is, the, is, is back to leadoff hitting for the Yankees. He's changed his game. He's turning himself more into a speed guy. I think he's going to run more. I think he's going to score a lot of runs in that lineup. So those are guys in 12-team leagues for me. Well, my first three guys were Aaron Hicks, Hunter Dozier, Rowdy Telez. So uh, I guess we're on the same page to, to say. Uh, I own Hunter Dozier in almost every single league. The guy is eligible at first, third, and outfield. He bats sixth in the lineup, which is okay-ish. Uh, could be better, but he's hitting 290 on the year with two homers. Uh, definitely a guy you should consider. Telez is doing fantastic, batting fifth every day. He started out hot. And, you know, Aaron Hicks, um, I have to see where he's going to end up in the lineup. He started batting lead off the first three games. Now he's batting seventh, which is No, he's batting of, first tonight. He's batting first tonight again. Excellent. He's so, leading yeah, off. Leading no, off. he's leading yeah. off, and he let off, he's let off the last three games. I mean, they, oh, they, had, okay. they had Donaldson at the top of the lineup for a little for a couple of minutes. They had LeMayhew at the top. Hicks is the right guy, and he, he Perfect. he's changed his body. He's lost about 20 pounds, and he's looking to bunt. He's looking to run. You know, it's, it's exciting. If you know, he he said before the season he could go thirty thirty. That's what he said. Now, does that mean he's going to go thirty thirty? No. But does that mean he's going to try to steal more bases than he used to? Yes. Yeah, I apologize. I, I I read this the wrong way for a second. Yes, he's been actually batting leadoff first. He started off the season batting seventh. Now he's batting first. Yeah, so that's right. that is huge. Uh, and Aaron Hicks to me all through the years until he got hurt was he was the runs guy. He was the guy to get on base. Love Yankees love batting him first. Uh, he's a guy, he's going to put some power, getting steel, good average, good OBP, he's going to get on, runs, 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 runs. Uh, Aaron Hicks is, is really the guy. I'll mention just uh, a few others there. Um, Jorge Mateo, your guy, Ian, he's only 25% owned on CBS. Um, if you need stolen bases, definitely a guy who's not going to kill you in batting average. Stolen bases is... Uh, is the thing for him. So Can I give an up. upside? Can I give an upside for Jorge Mateo yes. to get people excited? Ready? It could happen even in that ballpark. 245 average. 12 home runs. 37 stolen bases. With shortstop eligibility and outfield eligibility. If he's sitting around on your waiver wire, pick him up, put him on your bench. Don't let him be on your wire. Now, just when I say to pick up a guy, like I'm going to talk about Bruce Zimmerman in a minute if we get to it. I'm not saying put him in your lineup right now. I'm saying pick him up, put him on your bench, and wait. See what he does. And if he's as good as this dummy in New York, Ian Khan, thinks he is, then you put him in your lineup. But but that's how I feel. And if, if Mateo is sitting there, there's somebody. If, if you gave me a choice right now, uh, if I only had a few spots on my bench and I could either take Jorge Mateo or Mike Yaskrimski, I'm taking Jorge Mateo. He's playing, if not every day, like five days a week. He's got. He starts with outfield eligibility. He now has the shortstop, middle infield eligibility. I just, I think you buy. I think it's a buy. And sometimes pickups are just to put on your bench to wait and see. Uh, you don't have yes. to play somebody right away, right? It's, you know, sometimes by necessity you do, but you don't have to. Um, to mention, uh, I want to mention two other guys. Uh, one is J.P. Crawford. He's 50% owned on CBS, so uh, 10, 12 team leagues could be available. Uh, I think he's going to steal more than he's done in the near past. Uh, he's not striking out at all. He's one strikeout on the year, which is a 2% K rate. Uh, it's pretty much the top of the league. 343 batting average. I'm hoping for 10-10. 
from him with a good batting average, which is definitely usable even in deeper leagues. Uh, and the last guy, I mentioned him last week, who I like better than this Stephen Kwan that everybody is so thrilled with, Luis Arias. Um, Luis Arias, who's only 30-something percent owned on CBS, um, ATC projected him for one of the top four batting averages of the league. He's batting 323 to start the year, which is no surprise. 158 WRC+. plus. He's got a homer in there. Got tons of positional eligibility. And what really I like about him, he's not batting ninth. He's batting second every day. He's even batting third and fourth on some days. They really like this kid in Minnesota. He is, is not getting platooned. He's playing every day. I really like him. By the way, Stephen Kwan is only one for 18. Uh, sorry, sorry, one for eight in his last. Uh, sorry, one for 18 in his last uh, couple of games. So uh, those who picked up Quan obviously did not get the good part of him. But Luis Arias, to me, is the is a good bet, who is short-term and long-term fantastic to have in a short team league? 12-team league? Um, Arias, uh, I, I'd say a little bit deeper than 12. I'd say... If you need yeah. batting average. If you need batting average, yeah. you can throw him if in If you there. need the batting average, yes. If, you're having, if you have a short bench in a 12-team league, yes because he plays the positions. Otherwise, he's more geared towards a 15-team league. Yeah, is, is I agree with that. I agree with that. Just not 12-team. I, I don't. I'm, I go for the upside in the 12-team. I would, I would try for the upside in the 12-team league. Yes, this is not an upside play. This is a sure-counting play. But again, it's all correlated to at-bats and runs. And so if Arias is getting, has a high batting average and he's batting second, this is a guy who's going to help you in the most important category. But you would think in a 12-team league, everybody's playing every day pretty much, right? Wouldn't you think? Except for outfielders, if you have five outfielders, because uh, you're still going to get some platoon splits in the end. Or okay. or if you have one of the Giants, like I want to mention, I want to mention Jock Peterson, who's only owned in 23% of CBS leagues. He's, the Giants know how to use that platoon really well, and he's hitting for power, as he always does, and he's hitting right now in the 330s, which is great. He even stole a base last uh, earlier this week, so if he's available and you're willing to have him play maybe three, four times a week, he's worth it. 100% he's worth it. Another guy, I mean, you guys got on my Aaron Hicks train here. I mentioned, <laughs> I wanted to mention him as well. I mean, he did well also in the, in the winter in the Dominican League. He was hitting already when he was coming back, so he hits. The question is whether he'll stay healthy, so if you have him and you pick him up, you play him now, because otherwise, you may end up losing out on what he's going to get, because he probably will. I'm not saying he will. I don't want to jinx it, but there's a good chance that he may not be on the field for the entire season. But again, with Joey Gallo not hitting, Hicks will get more playing time, so we'll see how that works. And also, I wanted to mention Michael Fulmer. We No one mentioned any, any relievers or anything. So I wanted to mention Michael Fulmer. He's looked very good so far. He's only 16% owned in CBS, and he's behind Gregory Soto, who's not always reliable as we've like seen Soto. so far. Like so Soto. Michael Fulmer, he's only 16% owned. He's looked good, so hasn't given up a run yet. And if you want a guy who's lurking to be closer, he looks the role, and he's the guy who would be the closer if Soto falters. Yeah, for sure. He, he, would. he has a save already also. Former. Well, he had a save because Soto had pitched That's for right, two yes. days prior. So yes, yes. it's not because Soto has not done his job. I, I was a big bang the drum for Soto in this offseason. Uh, him being called the closer by Hinch, I love this. I love the stuff. If his command comes together, he could be a dominant closer. Anyway, it's too late to if, – if, if you don't have him, you ain't getting him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we mentioned Garrett Whitlock. He's only 50% owned on CBS. That's wrong. He should be universally owned. Universally owned. Yeah. 100%. In a 12-team league, you could start him. 
Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Yes, you yes. should start him. He might because, be the closer of the Red Sox. Come down, but the even stretch, if he's not you know? the closer, even if he's not the closer, he has value. He's gonna. He's going to give you. I, this is. I, I'm giving something big away here. This is something I should be doing this on under the radar, but we didn't get to it because it's my birthday. So basically, I'm seeing a, a trend. Clark Schmidt, Strider in Atlanta, Garrett Whitlock. These guys are going to give you six. Five to six great innings a week with strikeouts. And they're coming in in the fourth. So if their team is ahead, they're going to get the win. There is a market inefficiency right now for the old school. Like, well, if they're not closing and they're not starting, I don't want them. There's the new three-inning pitcher. Strider comes in for three and a third. Gets you six strikeouts, two walks, no runs. You don't want that. You don't want that? I picked him up in in NL Tout for $21 this week. No, believe me, there's a lot of stuff I do that's really stupid. I guess I'm bringing up a lot of the smart stuff right now. But I think that that is a place that people should be looking. I think that the Clark Schmitz, the Michael Kings, the Garrett Whitlocks, the Striders in Atlanta, and there must be more of them. Guys who are pitching, who are the guys who come in. It's like the followers that we used to have, right? Guy comes in for one inning, and then the and next guy comes in for four. It's it's Now it's the piggyback guy. The guy who's coming in in the fourth, and they may have the lead. Clark Schmidt last night won the game for the Yankees and ended up getting the win. Three innings, six strikeouts, I think two walks. What's wrong with that? And the win. I'm, he, he's to be picked up. Here's a trivia question. 12-team uh, league format, 5x5. Five five. What do you think his dollar value is right now, Garrett Whitlock, so far season to date? I'm sorry. Ask the question again, please. So far, if we were doing an auction, right, and, okay. uh, you know, what is his current value <laughs> earned, roto value earned in a 12-team league format? 12-team league. So not 15. It would be higher than 15, right? 12-team. Okay. 12-team. Any guesses? Uh, I'll say $24. Ruben? I'll Maybe say $16. Split the difference. He's a $20 player right now. He's already accumulated one war this year. And he's really think less than that what would he be what would he be in ale only um probably about 27 something like that wow awesome yeah i'm just I'm just estimating right now cool point two war yeah so it's far. it's uh he's, he's been ridiculously impressive in in every spot you know and i think for people who drafted him there's uh, a 27 of, exactly uh, I, I guess 27 that's the are price. you an actuary so are you an actuary is this what you do <laughs> for a living ariel cohen um, wow. but but you know if you if you people who drafted Whitlock, i experienced it myself i grabbed him like i said two important leagues to me um and it was like oh well he's not going to be the closer he's not going to be a starter oh well all right well you know i'm not going to get rid of him just play him put him in yeah. the lineup He'll give you five great innings a week. By the way, yep. here's a triv- here's a trivia question: What team drafted Garrett Whitlock? The New York Yankees. You're correct. Yeah, that's that's nice. trivia Pitching question. for the Red Sox. When you have a .62 WHIP and that goes over some sixty innings, you know what that does to your ratios of your squad? It's it's incredible. Yes. Garrett Whitlock is should be universally and owned. What has Steven Strider? What has Steven Strider done so far this season? Can't believe I didn't talk about this on the show, on my show. Spencer Strider. Literally under the radar. Spencer, Spencer Strider. Let's go with that guy. Steven Strider's not nearly as impressive. He he, he, he cooks pizza in New Haven. But Spencer Strider, the guy who's the pitcher, that's the very, guy. Very very similar. Very similar. What, one whip. He, what, one whip so far. Nine innings. 
nine innings. Nine How many strikeouts right? does he have in those nine innings? Eleven. So similar and ratios to Whitlock. And he doesn't have the win and the saves, I don't think. Maybe he has a win. He doesn't have any saves. No, neither. But so he probably is bringing back uh, maybe eleven dollars. Right, but, uh, but him, his uh, left on base percentage is uh, ninety. So he's been uber lucky so far. Okay, uh, I like. Of the course, stuff. Whitlock's been a hundred percent. So uh, it's it's. It's, t- it's tough to tell. But he's also uh, tri- striking out 32% of the batters he's facing right now. So that's why. Spencer like... Strider. Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider. Yeah. Uh, any of these guys, I mean, one thing to know is you never want to, I mean, you had to pay for Whitlock in the drift. You didn't have to pay for Spencer Strider. Uh, you just have to pick him up in your first first week of waivers, and he's probably still available in plenty of leagues right now. What is he available in CBS leagues? I would guess he's probably only owned in 18% of leagues. Yeah, I would guess that number. Uh, looking it up here, Spencer less. Yeah, I would say Spencer Strider would be. He's uh, owned in twenty percent of CBS leagues. Yeah, I picked. I picked him. I picked him up the first week in TJFBR, but I had to drop him because I had so many injuries. I just had no place to put him. I wanted to play him, but I needed starters, so I had him, and I had to cut the cord on him. All right, let's do some uh, pitchers pitcher preview. Here's who you want to pick up, uh, either for next week or for the future. Let's see who the Pirates are playing this week. <laughs> what the hell was that? A drop. <laughs> it's the section where we look at pitchers who face the pirates. <laughs> All right. I think you got to put the Diamondbacks in there too. And you should consider the A's and the Orioles as well. The Orioles have the highest strikeout rate, so they're the best ones to get. Yeah. All right. Who do you got to use? Uh, I like, uh, again, I'm not saying put these guys in your lineup. These are guys I'm sniffing on. <laughs> I'm liking something I'm liking here. I'm kind of liking David Peterson a little bit. I'm kind of liking Bruce Zimmerman a little bit. I'm kind of liking Blackburn a little bit. And I'm going to throw this out there. Chris Archer, I just, I don't think last night went quite as well for him as it was going. Let me just take a quick look at the game log. Yeah, he kind of struggled. But even in his four four and a third, he did strike out five guys. There's something I like about Chris Archer. Something going back to the, I understand, but there's something about the prospect pedigree. I'm talking about not put him in your lineup, but sit him on your bench. Because don't forget, just three years, maybe three and a half years ago, the worst trade in our lifetime happened. Oh, the Meadows. Yeah. Where Meadows, Baz, and Glass now were traded for this guy. So there was a minute that he looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball. Now he's worth a, he's a penny. Cost you a penny. So yep. just on the bench, Bruce Zimmerman, I just love the park. He, he looks like um, he, he just looks he looked so good against the Yankees that I'm curious to see Blackburn. James Anderson, who is one of the smartest minds in fantasy baseball, picked him up in AL labor this past week for twenty three dollars. That is commitment and belief in a player. So if James is that high on him, he's worth a easy roster. So I would say those are my guys. I guess I should really, I'm going to bow to you guys on the David Peterson one because I'm, I'm sure you watch the game. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, again, pedigree and stuff. I think he, he could be something. We tried to pick him up this past week. We actually him had him up. on our had him tried to pick him up this past week. So yeah, we we're very high on yeah. him, especially because there's so many injuries on the Mets. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna pitch. They're gonna pitch. Yeah, I mean Walker's supposed to come back in a couple of weeks, but he'll I, be back next week. 
He's going to be back next week. Yeah. Peterson's going to get to pitch anyways as a long relief, so I, I bet on that. And uh, anything can happen. Peterson's right in the rotation. Uh, I, I definitely like Peterson. He's shown some really good stuff. Uh, Archer, I'm sorry, but uh, this is the uh, Ar- Can't Roster Archer fan club, and I'm the number one uh, fan here. Uh, Again, no. don't put him in your lineup, but mm. could be. Uh, he was my fourth, but he's, still, he's, still, I like him more than Eric Fetty. His walk rate right now is higher than his career. Uh, his strikeout rate is far lower than his career. His BABIP is ridiculously low. Uh, again, I think with Chris Archer, and I don't know, I'm just going to disagree on this, Ian. It, you're going you're to get the strikeouts. Like, he's always shown that he's going to strike out 9 or 10K per, per 9, which is helpful. But that ERA is always going to be high, and that whip's always going to be high. So I just don't love it. Uh, the other guy you mentioned, though, I li- uh, Paul Bl- Blackburn, he's a, I, I agree with you. Pick him up. See if he continues this thing. Because he has shown improvements. And if it, that sticks, you're talking about a new pitcher. You're talking about somebody there. So I, I am interested in Paul Blackburn. I got outbeaten. He, he went a lot in fab this week. Is outbeaten a word? Outbeaten is not a word. I just Okay. I'm just checking. Beat out. Beat out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Beat out. <laughs> I was about to make a joke. If Nana Dufina was on the show, he'd be making a joke right now. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Ruvain? Uh, anybody else to throw in? Yeah. First of all, Michael Pineda. He's actually being he's actually starting this week. He's being called up from the minors because of injury. Matt Manning and Casey Myers are both injured, so Michael Benedo, who's only owned in fifteen percent of CBS leagues, he's viable. And I would say, who would you rather have, Pineda, or would you rather have Chris Archer? Uh, Archer for me, I just I can't I can't with Pineda. I can't I can't I I mean I again like when I say when I say I don't like somebody it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take him it just means like I was off Cody Bellinger this offseason I was not taking him right and it doesn't mean that he's definitely going to suck he could thrive he's just going to thrive on a different team not mine so on it doesn't a, mean that like you know what I'm saying so Pineda may come through but matchup I just, basis on a matchup basis you can still use him yeah, he's still viable yeah, so he's yeah, in, okay if I'm screaming for Chris Archer you have every right to scream for Michael Pineda uh, Pineda is a totally stre- to me is a streaming option only in well a, all these guys aren't they pretty much streaming options uh, you know I think Peterson is more somebody you can pick up in a 15 okay. team league that could you could ride uh, uh, did, did you say anything about Bruce Zimmerman guys I may have missed it no did you, I, I didn't I uh, haven't really looked at him yet yeah, you have what, But what about Josh Fleming? He actually pitched no. well a couple of years ago. He's also a piggyback guy, and he's a Tampa pitcher. So he's he, don't get scared off by his ERA. He does strike out people. He he's going to get a lot of pl- pitching there. He's and he's he doesn't always start the game, but he comes in sometimes to to to, to mop up. Let's say in the third inning or mop up whatever. He does it is for, it's similar so, similar to Strider. Let, let me just say, Ravine, I spent hours not hours. That's an overstatement. But I was looking at Zimmerman. Blackburn and Fleming. And when I started the fab for ale, ale labor, they were all available. And I had more money than everybody else. So I was like, I only need to spend $4 as opposed to $11 to get this guy because everyone else has to only bid 2 or $3, which is why I saved my money so that I'll be able to pick up guys who over the course of the whole season, Tristan Cockcroft and I both made the same call. So I'll be fighting Tristan for players all season. I, I dug deep into it and watched them because that's what I do. I watch, I go and look at highlights of the pitchers. And Fleming just, I, I, he, he started out as my number one option. And by the time I had watched all three of them, he was clearly my number three option behind. I had Zimmerman one Blackburn two, very close $4 and $4, but I had Zimmerman at the top and then Fleming, I just put in for a buck. So I, 
I don't know this. And then he came in yesterday. Things didn't go so good, right? Did they yesterday? No, Not so they good. didn't. But he's a possible two start next week with Minnesota and Seattle both at home, and he's only nine percent owned. So he's he's available. And if you want to take that risk on him, you know it's a it's a Tampa pitcher. Usually you can't go wrong with a Tampa pitcher. Three innings, four hits, three runs, two strikeouts. Got the win, but. Actually, I'd say Tampa Bay is not – it's not good to have Tampa Bay pitchers for leagues that value wins, or innings for that matter, because uh, they just don't pitch the whole time. The only Tampa Bay player I would roster oh, – no, I've, ro- I've got one Tampa Bay player I have rostered all across the my leagues. Franco. No, no, no. If you, here, now I'm going to trivia you guys. There is one player on the Tampa Bay Rays hitter. I'm going to give you a hint. It's a hitter. I have one hitter who is on 75% of my teams. Well, if it's not Ruben, Wander Franco, I'm gonna, it's I'm not Wander say Franco. Manny Margot. Uh, Ariel Cohen? Um, well, I was going to say Jimon Choi, but uh, uh, Matt, Matt Margot sounds smarter. The answer is Manuel Margot. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because you're getting him, you were getting him in the late 19th, 20th, 21st round. Pedigree, pedigree, pedigree. If you go back and look at Margot, he's had a number of years where he's disappointed, but he was a top 30 prospect for a long time. Speed, uh, great defense, and a little bit of power, and he's really putting it together. So I avoid Tampa Bay players. I just don't like them. I I just don't like Brandon Lau. I, I don't know why. I've never liked him. I don't like him. Maybe it was that one playoff where he just couldn't hit the baseball that I can't forget. Yandy Diaz I find boring. Arosa Reina I think is a is terrible. I mean, I just don't like Arosa Reina. And at least 20% of our audience just went, what are you, nuts? That's fair. You have every right to do it. But I just I just don't like the way he plays. I don't like the way he hustles. He doesn't hustle. He doesn't. I don't like the way he plays. And so I just never, ever, ever spend the sixth, fifth or sixth round pick that you need for Arosa Reina. Manuel Margot, that's the fella. For me and didn't Tampa just extend him also? I think yes, Tampa and they extended him, him which Tampa is huge. Him, so, yeah. If when a guy gets extended, it makes you almost want to pick up Kyle Freeland to sign a five year contract. I mean, why would you want a Kyle? Why in the Freeland? world did they give him that contract but not John Gray? I, I don't get that. They gave all the other pitchers contracts but not Gray, called the Rockies. I, I don't get it. All right, anyways, uh, anyway, anyways, I, anyways is also not a word. Anyways is also not a word. Anyways is not a word. Is Ravain? No. Anyway is a word, but anyways is just anyway. It, it, anyways it is. is a character in West Side Story. Well, y'all is not a word either. Y'all is a word. It is a word. a word. That is a word. In the South, it's a word. It's, it's actually in the dictionary. Right. Actually so in the dictionary. We, we put anyways into this? <laughs> you can no. use it. I just, it was, what was the other one? Beat, beat, or offbeat, or I don't Un, Unbeatable. Unbeat, I, no, unbeatable uh, is a word. No. That's a word. Sorry, right. you know, you got to take a little shot at the guy. Outbeat. Outbeat. Outbeat, right. No, <laughs> outbeat is not a word. Outbeat. Outbeat's not a word. Beat the shift, man. All right. Beat uh, the shift is definitely a word. Fun show, yeah. by the way. Listen to every episode when I was in Costa Rica. Ooh, yes, boy. and uh, with T-shirts now. Uh, I oh, yes, Ariel, out. thank you. You sent me your T-shirt. Oh, that's right. I, I think you got an ATC t-shirt. t-shirt. I did, I did. I got it. It's my early birthday, Happy birthday. present. Thank yes. you so much. Definitely it's what a, you should wear on your 50th birthday. You look smart. <laughs> See, and that's why people have to make fun of you, Ariel, because you say things <laughs> All right, like that. Uh, that's why now they have to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to throw two pictures out, uh, though, uh, for this week. Uh, Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis is, uh, I mean, wasn't great last year or two, but he's, he's a guy who's not going to get you the strikeouts. But he's pitching today, four innings, two hits, no runs. His ERA on the year, he has four strikeouts so far. 
yeah. today. Uh, so he has 12 on the year in 14 innings, which, again, he's not a strikeout guy, but I like rostering guys who have good whip early on in the season. And that's because if you have a two-start week with these guys, they're getting you tons of strikeouts. If, you, if you're down in strikeouts, that's a category you can more easily get by plugging in anybody, but ERA and whip is harder to correct. So I like guys with good ratios more. He is he has two-start next week against the Mets in Arizona. That's not bad. Uh, so I think that he's an interesting— I think he gets blown up. I think he gets blown up by the Mets. No? I hope he gets blown up by the Mets. But uh, Arizona he, has listen. like eight, eight starters under batting under 200 right now. Yeah, so no, how Arizona can he not start is. against Arizona? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, right. uh, I don't like picking pitchers to stream early this year, but Michaelis no. might be—I'm just throwing it out there. You know, if you're yeah, in a 50, yeah. If you're in a 15-team league and he's available, he's a pickup and play. Uh, Brad, uh, sorry, I was going to say Brad Keller is a maybe. He's on 50% leagues. Just take a look. He's got a tough matchup this week, but maybe a long-term play in a deeper league. And Drew Smiley looked good so far uh, from what we've seen. Yes, sir. Uh, He's got a tough schedule next two weeks, Atlanta and then the White Sox. But if you can get through it, you don't have to play him. Just right. just own him. You I'm just to gonna him. say, pick him up now when he's free, or he might even be free a week later after he bombs in Atlanta. But pick him up. He looks interesting for K's and and some good ratios. Just take a look, uh, deep Drew Smiley. Uh, that Drew Smiley. Can I say something? I will never get out of my head. The game he pitched, I think it was against the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic, which injured him. He looked like the best pitcher in baseball that night. He really did. Throwing 90, he was throwing that. 95, 96 from the left side, I dominating that. everybody. He ended up with Tommy John after the game, literally after the game. But yeah. I always have that memory in my head for Drew Smiley. He's also a former prospect. So I, I've always, I always keep my eye on guys who the people who know more about the game than I do said when they were young, there's something here. Those are the guys that I gravitate towards. I really like those guys. We'll do a couple of mailbag questions here. Wait, wait, we before we do mailbag, we got to talk about Bruce Zimmerman. Take oh, a yes, look at the sure. Bruce Zimmerman numbers, please. Because I watched them. And I'm telling you, in that park, if you have a chance to start somebody against Baltimore in Baltimore, oh boy. Who am I? So far, he's so far he's looked good, and it sort of looks legit. Um, what yeah. read the numbers? What does it say? Uh, what does it say? Uh, he's got twenty six percent strikeout rate. His uh, walks are high though at eleven percent. He's not giving up a run yet. One two two whip. That's okay. Uh, strikeouts he got ten and nine innings. So and against the Yankees pitcher. and Milwaukee. Yeah, well, Milwaukee's not good offensive. Good. Milwaukee's not. pretty good. Milwaukee's pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Well, they're they supposed are. to win the division. They have to be good. They right? won both of those games. The Orioles won both of those games. And he looked in command on the mound. Yeah, he did. Please, please yeah, do me a favor. Please do me a favor. Please hear me say this. Pick up Bruce Zimmerman. Do not put Bruce Zimmerman in the lineup and say, well, Ian Conn said put Bruce Zimmerman in the lineup. I'm not saying that. I'm saying pick up Bruce Zimmerman and put him on your bench. Because Milwaukee if he keeps is not doing a what he's team, doing. By the way. Milwaukee's batting average is fourth worst in all of baseball. Because Bruce, of Bruce Zimmerman. And I don't want to bring it down, but Bruce Zimmerman's career ERA is 4.72 with a whip of 1.45. Yes. yes. So yes. Uh, he's 27. He may have figured something out. He may be this year's Dylan Bundy. We don't know. Well, Blackburn. Well, well who do you take? Well, I picked, I made that choice over the weekend. Blackburn or Zimmerman. They were like hair split difference, but I had to put one ahead of the other, both for $4. I got Zimmerman. Who do you Zimmerman take? Zimmerman cheaper. Definitely no, cheaper. well, well, yeah, he was, he was cheaper. I got him for four, and James got Blackburn for twenty three. 
So I know what James thinks. I know James is, is Blackburn. What is it for you? Um, I don't know. I don't like. I still don't like Baltimore pitchers. I, I still have to go with Blackburn because Oakland knows stuff about pitchers. I just have to. I, I like Paul Blackburn to begin with. I liked him a couple of years ago. I picked him up in a couple of teams okay. last uh, two years ago. So I like. Yeah, him. I like them both. I like them both. I like. Them I'd say both. Blackburn right now, but it's. I don't really love either of them. They're both. They're both on my benches. In deep leagues. Well, Blackburn, uh, no, Zimmerman, nice Jewish boy. Zimmerman is in my lineup, I'm guessing. His name is Bruce Zimmerman, for God's sakes. I mean, you'd think he's... Cousin Brucey. Yeah, Cousin Bruce. There you go. You never know. Is Paul Goldschmidt Jewish? That's a Jewish name. And and, and he stole another base today. By the way, happy Passover. Today is still Passover. It's true. Have you you had a nice time? Have you... you, you, Of course, you've kept kosher for Passover. I have also kept kosher for Passover. Um, looking forward. And, and you know what sucks when your birthday is April 21st, which mine is once every five years, Passover is this late. This is one of those years. So there will be no cake for con this year. Ugh. Well, uh, you know, we actually had a blind man come over to our uh, Seder on, on the first night of Passover and we gave him a piece of matzah and he felt it. And he said, who wrote this garbage? <laughs> but I'm ching. <laughs> the Badum Ching is not helpful because that was actually funny. That was actually a funny one. I, I was like, "Are you going to say something so offensive?" Not if Ariel. Heard it a million times. Though, if you heard oh, it have you? Times. I'm sorry. I've, I've never. That's, that's a new one for me. It's a good joke. All right, it's <laughs> a pretty good joke. Mailbag. Uh, e. Vill uh, asks, uh, "Which players so far, Ian, have you found have a winning attitude so far, ah. or maybe somebody who's just in a slump, but you've got a good feeling about?" It's a feeling question for Ian. Garrett Woodlock is one. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go to my GDD team. Um, I like the way Chris Taylor plays the game. I like the way he plays the game. Um, Nestor Cortez is the answer to this question. Nestor Cortez is so good at being Nestor Cortez. You give Nestor Cortez, if you, if if Nestor, if Garrett Cole had Nestor Cortez's energy and mindset. Garrett Cole would throw no hitters on a regular basis. Cole's Love too it. uptight. Nestor Cortez is is the man. He's just he's just chilling. He's in between innings. He's talking to his, you know, he's not like, don't talk to Nestor. Another guy who I'm not so in love with is Tyone. I don't love his energy on the mound. Nestor Cortez, that's my guy for the day. Any anybody to add, Ruvain? That that uh what about CJ Crone? He has six home runs already in Colorado out there, and he's going to play every day. Is it possible that he actually wins the home run uh, crown in the National League? Yeah, he stays healthy. He's a, he he's stays a threat. Healthy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to trade for someone, I know his value is kind of high now, but he's a guy you may want to trade for. I mean, he, yeah. he's someone that it, he's he's playing in Colorado right now. The weather in Colorado is not that great, so when it, when it gets a little thinner there, I mean. That's something you, you you're gonna have, have to, to pay for. a price to have a guy who has six home runs now. Though. Yeah, you really are. You're gonna have to pay for that right now. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you one thing. Uh, NL Tout Wars right now, as we're speaking, I started the day. Uh, well, oh, well, actually, it's not hurting bad, but Marcus Stroman is not helping right now. He is not helping. We were not oh. high on Marcus Stroman this year, so and as a yeah, Mets fan, well, we don't like him. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't like him being a Mets. You didn't fan, like him yeah, last year. Yeah, uh, fantasy, we didn't like him. But, uh, and I'll tell you, looking good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. How's but, Cardi doing in that? Uh, Cardi's in fourth with okay. 74 points. Presently, I'm in first with 91.5 points. Um, that nice. will change dramatically. 
because it is April 20th. So it means zero nothing. And in ale uh, ale labor, uh, our friend Eno Saris is in first with 87.5 points. I am in second with 82 points. And uh, Sean Childs at NFBC is in third. And Todd Zola is in fourth. You know what the day that standings actually matter are? October 3rd. Uh, well, I mean, uh, statistically. Uh, oh, statistically, what, what, June 15th? Yeah. July it's, 1st? So it's usually June 5th, uh, but this year it's a week later, so it'll be June 12th. Which, uh, ah, If you're in first in June 12th, then it's looking decent. This means nothing right now other than a, a, a smile to my heart for a minute. Yes. Or, or unless you're a Met fan, because if you're in June, first in June 15th, you, you don't know what's going to happen. That's true. That's true. Uh, Steve asked, but we really touched on it already, talking about Paul Blackburn, so we'll skip that question. Hopefully, Steve, you've gotten the answer there. What is the answer on Paul Blackburn? What do you guys think he's going to be at the end of the season? Is he a top 100 starter at the end of the season? I, I mean, I think it's going to hit a wall where he's going to have one crap outing and give it all back. That's that's my feeling about these guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to wear down. I think he doesn't have enough in, innings built up in him that he's that he, uh, around the All Star break he may start hitting a wall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Kyle asks, there seems to be an influx of young catching talent entering the bigs in the next two three years. Ian, do you think that this will result in more offensive production from the position, making it more fantasy relevant? Absolutely, yes. But but here's what I'll say. It's been fantasy relevant to me the entire time. I think people who take bad catchers at the end and they wait and they don't get, I think, is, is foolish. I think catching is a huge difference. Now, I'm not saying you need to spend a third-round pick on Sal Perez, but... I would spend the 17th round pick on Travis Darno and Omar Narvaez instead of waiting till the, the tail end. I think there are so many good catchers coming. Francisco Alvarez is coming. Adley Rutschman is coming. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is coming. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm a big, big fan of good catching. Ruvain's uh, bold prediction for the year is Salvador Perez will lead the American League in homers. He's currently one off the pace right there. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, um, Ian, you do uh, dynasty stuff. Have you had any shares of either Harry Davis or Henry Davis so far? Well, Harry Davis is not a guy that would be like my Steven Strider. Henry Davis. No, no, is, no there are two Davises. There, there's a Davis in Seattle, and there's a Davis in. Uh, no, you're thinking of Harry Ford. Oh, Harry Ford I'm in sorry, Seattle. Harry Ford. I'm sorry. Oh, Harry okay. Ford. So here, here, I'll tell you about Harry Ford. I love Harry Ford. Harry Ford is my man. Harry Ford is the guy. Harry Ford is the guy that I got in more drafts than I should have. Harry Ford is going to be a star. Harry Ford is going to move off the position. Harry Ford is a Mookie Betts-style player. He is a speed demon with power and hit tool. I love Harry Ford. Let me just tell you. More than Henry Davis? Personally, look, in terms of pedigree, Davis is higher. Davis was the number one pick in the draft last year for Pittsburgh, but that was a money thing. He's not. He wasn't the best player coming out. Uh, arguably, the best player coming out is Khalil Watson, who the Marlins got at 16. But Harry Ford, who the Seattle Mariners got at 11. I was on Harry Ford before the draft, and he was being. It was looking like a late first rounder. I was like, "That's the guy. That's him." I watched an interview with him where he was just talking about how he plays the game, and I was like, "I love Harry Ford." I traded for. I traded up to get him in my main dynasty league deal one. Um, I got him in XFL which is the Experts Dynasty League, the Ron Chandler Dynasty League. Uh, Steven Gardner and I got him in that league. I love Harry Ford. So for the price, you want Harry Ford. 
Henry Davis is a good trade piece. You can get a lot for him. Henry Davis will deliver for you, though. He'll be up. He'll be up in 2023. He might even get a cup of coffee this year. Harry Ford is three, four years away. But I, I just got a feeling. I mean, he's he's he and Khalil Watson are the two players from this past year's draft that I'm most excited about. Marcelo Mayer, of course, uh, and, and Lawler's been pretty good too. Um, Jordan Lawler, who's the shortstop for Arizona. So those those are the breakout guys for me. It sounds like you're going through my son's baseball card collection here. I really like Harry Ford, guys. More than more than more than most. Any uh, thoughts about Rutschman for this year? You're the dynasty guy. I mean, look, it, if you can buy, it's a, a good buying time to buy Adley Rutschman, actually, because this game is so psychological. You got a guy who's injured who you've been waiting for, and all of a sudden, if you could offer somebody who is going to compete this year and you can give them, like, um, I don't know, Travis Darnot plus a, a, a reliever and some, no, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get Rutschman. Rutschman's huge. Rutschman's going to be the Buster Posey of his generation. So wow. hold, don't sell, hold as you wait for his uh, arm to be better. Wrist, some, some I forget what it is. My uh, bold prediction was Joey Bart would win the Rookie of the Year, which is not going to happen. It's going to be Suzuki, but uh, do you like Bart at all? I kind of, you got to like kind of what he's doing. He's striking out a lot, but he's hitting some home runs. He stole a base. Yeah. He's going to play. Yeah, um, yeah I kind of like Joey Bart. There's a lot of good catchers coming. A lot of good catchers coming, which in a way, Ariel, you would argue that the more good catchers they are, the less valuable they are, right? I mean, because there's more more options. Um, um, no. Uh, uh, it would have to be such to the point where the replacement level of catchers goes up for it to I be. I think it's about to go up. There are going to be a lot of good young catchers coming. Yeah, so in, in 10-team, one-catcher leagues, the value of catchers will go down. Yes, 100%. I'm thinking 15-team, two-catcher leagues. In 15-team, two-catcher leagues, I think that you won't get the replacement level. You you won't get the 30th catcher really improving all that much. For that, these catchers itself will be really valuable. I think, I'm telling you, I I think people are missing the boat when they're like, oh, I'll just get two catchers at the end. It doesn't matter. It matters. No, 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 no. It matters. Matters a lot. It matters a lot. And and buy in the middle. Like that would be my my thing. Is like don't buy. You don't have to buy Real Mudo or Sal Perez, but get the get the tenth catcher and the thirteenth catcher. Get guys who are going to play every day, or play you know five days, four four or five games a week. Anyway, yeah, that's it. I'm done. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're down up to the uh, injury report. Ruvain, take us away with uh, this week's injuries. Well, let's start with the catcher then. Let's start with Tyler Stevenson. He was taken out of yesterday's game after a collision with Luke Voigt, who was looking like a runaway freight train at that. And looks like he, I'm not going to say anything, but look at the video and see if he hit, if he hit him on purpose. Um, he's no, the, he didn't hit him on purpose. He was care, it was careless and stupid. I, look he at wasn't his, trying to hurt the hands. I, I don't know. He was trying it, to it, knock the ball out of his hands. Tyson yes. didn't bite Holyfield's ear on purpose either, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't, I, really? You guys are all the way to that on Voigt? <laughs> no, no. Well, <laughs> well, there's a difference between someone's head and the catcher's mitt. It's, it's like Alex Rodriguez saying that he was trying to. Oh, no, it, was it was exactly like that. Actually, it was. It, that's what I made me think of. Was was a Rod trying to slap the ball out of that guy's hands? Um, well, he's going through the concussion protocol right now, so he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Ariel, you mentioned Alex Cobb earlier. He's placed on the IL with a right adductor strain. Um, he left game one of the doubleheader. That means with his a, groin. 
Yeah, that's that's a groin. It's it's that's um, medical terms for a groin. Um, the Giants are just being cautious with him. Plus, they have a bunch of games coming up, and they wanted a roster spot. There's no word on his replacement yet, and no word on how long he's going to be out for. Another oft-injured guy is Mike Moustakis, who's placed on the IL with a right bicep strain. We don't know how bad it is, but he's able to return April 28th. If you want his replacement, if you really, really want his replacement, it's Colin Moran. Hyunjin Ryu has a forearm injury. He has Ugh. left forearm inflammation, but Toronto is saying that he's only going to miss two or three starts, hopefully back either the first or second week of May. I don't I believe mentioned... it. You don't believe it? No. You think he'll be out sure. longer? I think he's going to be out for a while. Okay, well, anyway. what about these two guys? I'm going to talk about the Detroit pitchers now. Matt Manning, shoulder injury. Tigers manager A.J. Hinch said on Tuesday, that's this week, that Manning is not dealing with any structural damage in his right shoulder, but will miss his next start. And Casey Mize is on the I.O. with medial collateral sprain, which is actually golfer's elbow. He's considered day-to-day, but remains without an official timeline to begin a throwing program, which is why Michael Pineda is being called up. Can I, t- can I just take a, a, a reverse victory lap here? Sure. I was so sure that Casey Mize was going to be good this season. And I was so disappointed because I didn't get him in many leagues. And then I saw he had this great spring training start. And I was like, he's got a splitter back. I'm sure of it. I'm telling everybody, you got to pick up Casey Mize. Hey, Ariel, I think I said to you, it was like a... Cost right? us the dollar in labor, by the way. Yes, it was me. That's my bad. It's my reverse <laughs> victory lap. I got to take it. I got to take the hit on this because I really thought... And I grabbed him in my ESPN league, which was my last draft of the season before... Uh, it was like my second to last draft of the season. I really wanted Casey. My God, was I wrong? Ooh, but not only is he hurt now, he he could still yeah. do it. It's it's a minor injury, so hopefully it won't be too yeah, long. But he just did, he just looked bad. He just looks bad. It just makes me feel stupid. Well, what about this guy, Andrew Heaney? He was placed on the IL with shoulder soreness after discomfort after throwing six scoreless innings. He's always been injured. Injured. He said he tried to test it by playing catch the other day, and it said it didn't go well. And he was a big um waiver wire pickup this past week so two guys though who are coming back actually three guys lucas sims is supposed to be uh, activated later this week luis castillo is scheduled to begin a rehab uh, assignment this weekend and another lucas lucas giolito is currently throwing he's going to throw a simulated game and should be activated by the end of this weekend possibly sunday that was the one guy i wanted that was the one pitcher that i thought was at the right price was lucas giolito in pre uh in the drafts another reverse victory lap perhaps mm. adc never never liked uh Gilito, yeah, still way. i did a tv show with his mother oh really so yeah mm. years ago years ago wow. jonathan vr guys should they shouldn't people be picking up jonathan vr if he's sitting out there he's gonna play he's hitting 407 yeah deep in 15 team leagues sure Sure. And he hasn't stolen any bases yet, so he does he will, steal. He He's a guy who gets stolen bases. So I think 12-team yeah. he should even be considered. Mm, depends. Depends. 12-team. Um, any, any update on Byron Buxton, who I can't believe he's injured? You know, that's just That's not kind. Is that kind? Uh, okay, I'll say it a different way. He's predictably <laughs> injured. They Fair said enough. he may come back toward the end of this week or the beginning of next week, so that's why they didn't officially IM or anything. Yeah. So, But it's it's... It's Byron Buxton. And I actually own him in a couple leagues this year, which I usually don't own him, but I took the plunge this year. I thought maybe this is the year he stays healthy. Maybe this time. Um, I'll be lucky. No. He's the type of guy who's just uh, per game. He's fantastic, but can he stay on the field? I don't know. Uh, in a smaller league, he's more interesting because the replacement level is higher, but deep leagues, he's just hard to roster. 
he just it's it's uh, you, you're taking uh, antacids here to roster him to see when he's going to play, uh, and he these are soft tissue injuries always. It's the type that just reoccur. So you know you're just riding a when with him. I think right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's with a lot of of chronically injured guys in the majors right now. It seems like it's it's more of a thing this last couple of years of these muscle injuries, and I think it it's, it's because a combination of not having proper spring training, not having a proper full season a couple of years ago. It's it, it, we still haven't had a normal spring training followed by a normal season in in, in a couple yeah. of years. So once that happens and everything quote unquote normalizes, then we'll probably see hopefully less injuries. Yeah. And Buxton is is he's striking out more than ever this year. He's thirty nine percent strikeout rate. It's too early for that. It's too um, early. Yeah, maybe too early because only has twenty four at bats. But it's, you know, it's not in the good direction. Uh, so I, I'm just not in on him. All right. Anything else to uh, to share before we uh, we let you go, Ian? Uh, please it, listen under the radar. It, it's the fantasy base, the athletic fantasy baseball podcast. I do it with uh, the great Dark Van Riper and the great. Um, uh, Nando DeFino, Ariel Cohen. If you like this show, Ariel shows up on that show uh, either as a guest or sometimes he calls in as he as you did like three weeks ago when <laughs> you called me while I was on the air and I brought you on the air and everyone thought I was doing my impression or as a uh, the impression that I do of Ariel Cohen with George Washington and Ariel Cohen having conversations. So uh, if you like uh, Beat the Shift, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy our show too. It's 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 fun to do. We We enjoy it. I definitely second that. It's a phenomenal show and uh, good. Like I said at the top, good information and uh, great ent- entertainment. Uh, you can follow Ian uh, on Twitter at IanCon4. I that's know you right. might have another other uh, have, Twitter account. I, yeah, but don't don't bother with that. That's that's like the the that's not the, the fantasy baseball account is IanCon4. Yes, different than Rob Silver, who just puts everything on the same account. So Rob Silver, smart guy, smart player. He is a smart guy. Uh, and we once clashed with him right before Passover in the fantasy uh, podcast uh, break <laughs> bracket, which didn't go well for us. The entire country of Canada voted against us. Well, so. it was probably voting for Rob, not against you, but as 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 you will, yeah, as you will, uh, yeah. Obviously, obviously. All right, Ruben, just uh, tell us uh, where we can. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait one more thing. One more thing. Oh, yes, please. Jared, uh, I, I do have to mention this because every time I come on the show, we do discuss this, and we did not get a chance. It looks like Kellenick is starting to turn it on, guys. Who's that? Jared Kellenick. Who is that? For Seattle Mariners. Never heard of him. Edwin Diaz, Robbie Cano, Jared Kellenick. Mm-hmm. No? Anyway, we just had to don't, mention don't it. Oh, I'm sorry, Ruben. <laughs> yeah, we're, we were talking about possibly dropping or, or benching Kellenick because he wasn't doing well for the first couple of weeks, but it seems like he's showing opposite field power. He's, he's showing power everywhere. So, you know, he, he may be good. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, Eric that. Fetty, blow up. Ooh. Fetty, nope. Fetty blew you can follow up, me really? on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet out all the injury updates I mentioned today, as well as others. You can also catch my weekly article on Rotobowler. It comes out every weekend, so you get ready for the fab the following Sunday. All right. I'm Ariel Cohen. You can see my stuff over at Fangraphs, over at uh, Sportsline, and at Rotobowler. You can follow me on Twitter at ATCNY and listen to me right here on the Beat the Shift podcast. Might be having some exciting news about ATC projections mid-season. So stay tuned for that in the next couple of weeks. 
A lot of people have been asking for that, so that might actually happen this year. Cross your fingers, uh, so that might happen. Look forward Thank to that. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me on your show as, as a sort of somewhat regular guest. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to spend some time with you guys on the air. It's really, I appreciate it. I do. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you Thank so you much for coming. coming on the show, Ian. This was a fantastic show, as it always is. And from all of us here at the Beat the Shift podcast, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at beat underscore shift underscore pod.